and welcome to Books Unbound, the podcast where we unbind books to get to their hearts with your hosts, me, Raylene, and... Me, it's Ariel. What's up? <laughs> oh man, it feels feels good to be back doing another recommendations episode. Yeah, we've it's been a while. Been off, we've been off the rails for the past month or so just doing random stuff, so it feels strange <laughs> but good to be back and uh, serving up some recommendations to the people. Um... <laughs> How are you doing? Let's just, let's, before we jump in, like, how's it going, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. I love Sundays. I love getting to record the podcast. Um, what can I say? Life's pretty good. Life's okay. I'm going to see Connor soon. <laughs> Actually, by oh, the time that this yeah. episode comes out, Connor will be here, which is really lovely. My boyfriend has been visiting his family during the Christmas holidays, but because of our move, we realized it would make a lot more sense for him to go to um, Ontario a bit early and stay a bit late and then because of things it the trip got extended so i haven't seen him for like well yeah it's well over a month now it's like five mm-hmm. weeks um that's no fun i don't like no. that so i'm very <laughs> excited for him to be back that'll be great he's coming on thursday so that'll be nice. oh yeah and he'll get to see the house for the first time like, oh my god i know i know that's what, so crazy i should make a video if, if i was better at clickbait i'd be like showing my boyfriend my video my house for the first time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get his shocked reaction of every single corner of the house um yes i think that's i'm like I'm like so nervous about it for some reason. Like I'm so anxious about him like liking it and like showing him all the corners of the house. And I don't know. It just feels really crazy. (sighs) But I'm really excited. Um, But also today I went to Home Depot and (laughs) I got a curtain rod, curtains, a lighting fixture, a toilet. (laughs) It's not all glamorous. Um, and I also got a new pink wingback chair, which I talked, I think I talked about in the last episode. Um, my new iconic pink wingback chair. And, um, that one I got from Facebook marketplace, but I got all these new exciting home things today, which was really fun. So I'm excited to install those later. Um, the toilet situation, let me just explain real quick. <laughs> I was like, why did you buy a toilet? I kind of know, but explain it to the people. Yeah. So this house has currently two bathrooms. Um, it has a downstairs bathroom and an upstairs bathroom. This house was, it seems from what we can guess, owned by uh, people who over time slowly downgraded within their own home and mm. apparently like clearly shut off the upstairs at some point. So the upstairs oh. has been pretty abandoned for a long time. And um, the bathroom upstairs doesn't work. The What we found out the other day is that water does come out of everywhere. The bathtub turned on, like yeah. we turned on the water for that, like the, we found, <laughs> we found a big pipe with a, with a thing that was like upstairs water. And we were like, yeah. let's turn that on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was really funny because we were on the phone with my dad and he was down in the cellar. Me and my brother were up in the bathroom and he's like, yeah. okay, I'm turning it on. And we were like, okay, the water's coming out. The water's coming out. <laughs> um, and it was really weird because adventure. the toilet wasn't working. Like, no water was filling in the bowl. And we were like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, But then I turned... (laughs) I turned on... (laughs) I turned on the tub for the water to come out. And then the toilet started working. It was, like, really (laughs) confusing. And we were like, we don't know why that happened. But it's fine. But anyways... um, 
I think it was just like pressure buildup over a long time of these pipes. But yeah, everything works. The toilet bowl was filling up with water. The tub gave water. The sink gave water. And we were like, this is huge because we didn't think that the upstairs bathroom worked. And we've all been like, it sucks to have to go downstairs to the washroom, like in the middle of the night. You're like, okay, here we go. A big old trek. But um, then the bat, then the toilet started to leak. And we were like, oh, okay, (laughs) never mind. We quickly shut off the water and it wasn't anything gross. It was just like the toilet was old and broken and the toilet bowl where the like, nor like the the new clean water goes was just leaking. So I had to get a new toilet. I found one for a great deal at Home Depot, $98, (laughs) complete kit. (laughs) Woo. That's so funny. That's something I've never, ever thought about is like, how much does a toilet cost? <laughs> yeah, they they range from like my $98 toilet was the absolute cheapest up to like three to $400 for like Holy some moly. fancy features. Um, yeah. And then like online, you can get really expensive toilets that are like <laughs> premium, high quality, decorated. <laughs> it gets That's pretty fancy, silly. bougie out there as they say. <laughs> How are you doing, Raylene? <laughs> what I call ridiculous. Oh, pretty good. Um, I'm as of the day we're recording this. I have to go back to work tomorrow. I've had a week, a oh, week no. and a couple of days off for the Christmas holidays, yeah. and I had a cold throughout the whole break. No. So I'm finally like just getting over it now. But I've just like had a runny nose and a sore throat for the past yeah. week, and now I'm like, well, great. I'm glad that it's gone now. But that always happens to me. I swear, every Classic. time I like have a nice break, it's like, haha, cold. <laughs> yeah, you're relaxed but, enough for these, yeah, for this sickness to hit you. I've had that happen exactly. on trips before, which sucked. Like I remember, I was in Edinburgh and I got just sick as heck, and I was, oh, I, no. I couldn't even go. Oh, one of the days, I was like, please boyfriend just bring me food (laughs) i don't want to really go out into the world yeah i'm fortunate well it's funny because i had decided like a week ago i was like i'm gonna like start being healthy and working out and all this (laughs) stuff for the beginning of the year like i'll start the week before the new year right and then i got sick so i spent the whole time lying in bed eating cookies (laughs) instead (laughs) so the year is off to a great start that sounds like the ideal start (laughs) yeah so i'm like whatever i'm i'm feeling good but i have to go back to work which is fine because I, I kind of miss it, honestly. I've been so lazy that I've just yeah, like, I need no, to, that's good. I need to do something real. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that's where I'm at. I, well, I'm excited to get back to real life. We're thriving. Yeah. We're thriving. This is us thriving. Now you know where all the Books Unbound <laughs> support goes to Raylene's cold in my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We need you guys to get us through this. <laughs> well, without further ado, we may as well jump into the episode at this point. We've got some um, really fun recommendations. I'm just going to start with what I think is the most fun one because I just can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Mm. Um, so this one comes from Sarah, who says... My husband and I have recently started playing Stardew because of you, and I wanted a book that fits the cozy feeling the game gives me. It can be any type of book or audiobook. Or, if that is too vague, could you perhaps pick what you think your favorite Stardew villagers would love to read? My favorite characters are Marnie and Sebastian. Thanks! She also says, I love this podcast in all caps, (laughs) which I appreciate. Thank you. So I thought this was so much fun. Um, We've already talked about it. Neither of us really has like a good cozy vibe Stardew book. So we're going to be doing the second part of Sarah's um, request here, which is to let us know what your favorite Stardew characters would read. So sorry to all people out there who haven't played Stardew Valley, but we are just going to nerd out for the next (laughs) while here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, should we tell everyone? Maybe we should just give a minute to say what the game is. So this was a yeah. game that I personally discovered back in like, uh, I want to say 2016, 2017. Someone was like, have you played Stardew Valley? And I was like, what's that? And I just looked it up and it's a farming game. And this was back when I'd gotten my Nintendo Switch but they didn't have Animal Crossing. So I was looking for a game like that, where it was like, you just got to be a little villager in a cute town farming, Mm -hmm. um, maintaining the grounds. (laughs) And so I started playing Stardew and um, it 100% saved my life. As in like, when I was in my masters, I was severely depressed and I would just play Stardew Valley for like, dozens and dozens of hours and just like mm-hmm. let my emotions flow through my farm and um it just became this like really important game in my life and then at some point you started playing it or you had already played it but we realized yeah, that we were remember. both playing it and we were like let's try playing together and then we've just played a lot of stardew valley in our in our day it's true i have like eight farms <laughs> for they're all like good reasons why i have multiple farms i have two farms with you got like three farms with kyle i have a couple on my own a couple with another friend it's just it's nice to have a bunch of different situations going on yeah yeah yeah. it's Um, great because there's so much you can do so many different ways to play the game so many different people you can marry which is oh man so much fun i've i've married three separate people it was funny yesterday when we were we were talking about this one i was like i don't know who my favorite character is and ariel was like shouldn't it be your spouse and i was like ariel i have three husbands who am i supposed to pick (laughs) you're not wrong i figured you're not wrong i um that's really funny yeah i I'm just laughing because it's become a real point of contention between me and Raylene about <laughs> Raylene's spouse. Because <laughs> I played the game, albeit I suppose a little traditionally, but I uh, befriended everyone. But I decided that I wanted to marry Emily because I always thought that Emily in the game was really cool. She has blue hair and she's like an artist kind of bohemian lady i was like i'm mm-hmm. into those vibes yeah um and so i was like i'm gonna marry her so you know like i proposed to her i made her my girlfriend blah 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 and then then we got married meanwhile raylene is running around <laughs> literally dating everyone in town and then proposing to everyone in town realizes that there's like a thing in the game that if you go into the bar at a certain time and more than one of the people you've proposed to is there they'll yell at you and you'll lose all your friendship points so she starts carrying a rabbit's foot for luck around all the time there's like a lunatic dating like i said proposing to everyone finally decides to marry sebastian but constantly says comments to me like we're like we're having relationship problems like i don't know if it's working yet we haven't really bonded yet i'm not sure if i made the right choice and i'm like (laughs) it's just funny because it always it always works out so well you know like i mean maybe this will be the first time i get a divorce in the game it's never happened but (laughs) it could happen people do that this could be a fun way to play the game usually there's always a happy ending right now we have a child her name is alice oh my Um, god it'd be really sad if we broke up oh man it'd be really sad i think we're gonna we're doing okay so far i just he just you know he's always working on his motorcycle i don't know (laughs) he doesn't see me (laughs) oh boy it's a good time but yeah so who did you pick as your favorite character characters okay 
I've picked one because I, I just couldn't have it in my brain to pick more than one. Yeah. But um, just so everybody knows who all my husbands are, though, just to give some clarity. <laughs> my first husband was Harvey. My second husband was Shane. And my third husband is Sebastian. And these are all on different farms. It's not like I've like married all of them in the same game. Um, but anyway. Polyamorous <clears throat> farming. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, those are, so those are all my men. Um, but my favorite character, and this is going to be maybe shocking. My favorite character is Shane. I really? Think that he's very, he's so interesting. He's, uh, okay, for people who haven't played the game, Shane is this rude, like, alcoholic at the beginning of the game. Every time you talk to him, he's like, why are you talking to me? Leave me alone. Yeah, he's And rude. he's super angry, but he's angry for a reason, okay? Yep. And what, the more you get to know him, the more you get to, like, unpack why he is the way he is, yeah. and um, he grows and changes, etc. But you have to get to know him first, so. Yeah. Me I and really Raylene, like him. Me he's and interesting. Raylene. Raylene and I are trying to like 100% the game mm -hmm. and we've, I've never done this before. Like we've made such insane progress on our current farm. Um, but I've never like tried to get full friendship points with all of the different players. Oh, yeah. So I was really learning a lot about everyone's different backstories and Shane's story is devastating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're right. It's so powerful. <laughs> It really is. And also, just so everyone knows why I was, like, making everyone in town my girlfriend and my boyfriend, <laughs> is because I wanted to get everyone to 10 hearts, and the only way to do that <laughs> with the marryable people is to give them a bouquet, all right? That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> I just needed to get to 10 with everyone. That oh, is how I 100% the game. Ariel will never have that. She'll never <laughs> be able to do that because she's so traditional. <laughs> okay, but I have two beautiful children who I love very much, so I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are their names for the people to know they oh yeah so names. i named my first child winston um uh the main character in 1984 and then i named my uh second kid who was a girl esther after the bell jar so so cute very everything literary. is book themed on this farm which yeah. is super fun yeah you're, you're named after a pig aren't you <laughs> <laughs> and i just remember what's my name? molly your name is molly oh yeah farm. no that's, that's a horse it's a horse, oh, a horse. Animal okay farm. that's cool that's cool. That's cool. My horse's name is Pony Boy. <laughs> Ariel's horse is named Anne, of course. Yeah, I think that our greatest achievement was naming a cow John Ronson. <laughs> oh my god. I'll never forget that. We've gotten rid of most of our cows, but John Ronson remains. <laughs> yeah. So what book did you pick? Okay, I picked a couple because... This one was actually kind of hard because I feel like I may not have read the books that, that Shane would want to read. And first off, I'll start by saying that Shane would not read a book. Like, it, <laughs> this is in an alternate universe where he would be a reader, but he's just not. Um, but I figured he would be really into reading, like, angsty, sad boy characters because he'd be able to relate to them. That's what, what I'm imagining. And so... <clears throat> First of all, I think that he would probably read A Little Life, but I haven't read that, so I can't really fully right. endorse that. But I feel like that he would just love to wallow in the self-hate. <laughs> like, that's just what I imagine Shane would do. But I also think he would like The Catcher in the Rye. I and he'd probably also like The Outsiders, you know? Oh, yeah. Books about, you know, angsty boys, boys fighting, being rowdy. I feel like those are Shane vibes for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. So those are the books that I would pick for him. Who is your favorite character? You haven't said yet. Well, it's tough. It's, it is tough. I, I really do enjoy a lot of the different characters. On our old farm, I was really trying to marry Abigail. But, oh, yeah. But, like, 
I started to realize that she's just not very nice. And I, I really drifted away from that. But yeah, um, I had a similar thing happen with my first ever farm. I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll date and marry Elliot because he's a writer and he's like, seems like the cool hipster guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started dating. I literally proposed and then had to break off our engagement. Oh my it was God. so dramatic. It was so dramatic in my own mind. I had like legitimate anxiety about it for a few days. <laughs> Because I was like, I just don't, I um, honestly don't think I'm in love with you, Elliot. I think I need to be with Leia. And I was like, so I married Leia on my first farm. Mm -hmm. I think that she's a really cool character. And um, so for her, I would pick Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. Because she's an artist, mainly a sculptor. And um, she is very shy about her art. And so I would love for her to read a book that encourages her to be creative, but also encourages her to like be more public with her art and share it more widely. Um, And then I, I feel like that's pretty perfect. And then on this new farm, I'm like in love with Emily and I think that she's a really cool character. She's really lovely and friendly and nice. Um, and the book that I would want to give to Emily, I, I'm actually so excited by how perfect I think this pick is, is Vanishing Fleece. I was going to suggest it if you didn't say it. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's so perfect. So Vanishing Fleece Adventures in American Wool by Clara Parks. So like I mentioned, Emily is also bo- like bohemian and cool and and more like spiritual and stuff. Um, but she's also an artist and she's like a like a fashion designer like she makes her own clothes and textiles and she loves her sewing machine etc um and so i just feel like she first of all would really care about the environment and would really care about animals i mean we know she does because she adopts a parrot in the game i feel like such a nerd right now this is very deep nerd i know you talking about it just made me remember i'm like oh shane loves chickens i wonder if he would want to read about chickens (laughs) (laughs) he cares about his we're too deep we're just far too deep. Um, I know. But yeah, so with Emily, uh, I, but she also, like I said, she loves textiles. And so I think that she would really enjoy reading Vanishing Fleece, learning about the wool industry in America and how it works and how the history of it and why wool is really good for the environment and, and the whole thing. I think she would really enjoy that. Um, so Those are both I, pretty perfect recommendations for her. Thanks, man. I, I was really proud of them, genuinely. Like, And they came to me really quickly. I was like, oh my god, of course. Of course. It just makes sense. <laughs> it just makes Whereas so for me, sense. I spent like 10 minutes Googling, what are the saddest characters? <laughs> who, who is the angriest boy in all of fiction? I didn't really get anywhere with that. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, you go. Allison asks for some nonfiction that got stuck in your mind and you find yourself thinking about much later. I think this is a really cool one. Raylene, you go first. What were some nonfiction books that made you keep thinking? Okay, mine are kind of, I mean, I only really have one, but I I could give an honorable mention to another one. So the one I've picked, it's probably isn't what Allison wants, but it's As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride by Carrie Elwes. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I read this a few years ago um, because I love The Princess Bride, the movie and the book. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with behind the scenes type of things for some reason. Yeah. I just really love knowing what happened. And um, <laughs> so this is all, you know, Carrie Elwes is the lead male in the movie. He plays Wesley. And so his perspective on 
on what happened behind the scenes is very interesting and there's a lot of things you find out about the movie that you might not realize unless you've read this like parts right. where certain people were maybe injured or like people were actually knocked out on screen etc mm. it's very interesting to read this and then watch the movie again and like realize things you may not have known and um it just yeah i'm always like every time i see this book i'm just like oh yeah that's a good time <laughs> oh that's a good time and I, I i really want to reread it and you know rewatch the movie again it's just so good so this is like a very random niche kind of recommendation but it is a book that i have hung on to and i love and will definitely read again um the honorable mention i would give though because i see that um allison also referenced in in the recommendation request she said power of habits and educated educated right. me, makes me think the glass castle if you haven't read the glass castle yet right you just gotta it is in my <laughs> opinion it's similar to educated but i liked it a lot more than educated i found um the glass castle just to be i don't know more well written and i just enjoyed I, and I just enjoyed the way it was written better and but similar you know a harrowing story of a very dysfunctional family living in a strange ways and um the ways that a young girl was able to grow up and become you know semi well-functioning <laughs> through that so mm. yeah so if Allison hasn't read The Glass Castle yet I highly recommend that sick well okay what have I picked <sighs> the first one I picked is The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer um this is one that I really want to reread. If I'm honest, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of the writing style. Mm -hmm. And I really, this was one of those books where I was like, it's like a hundred pages too long. Oh yeah. So I'm not in any way saying that it's a perfect book. I, I think, um, well, Amanda Palmer did a talk, like a TED talk call that was very similar. And she talked about how she's an artist, she's a musician. And um, she started a lot of her career was um, when she was younger was as a statue, you know, like those fake oh. statues who like pretend to not move yeah. for a long time. So she was a statue, I think, in Boston um, of a of a like just purely white bride. Like her face was white. Everything that she oh, had okay. on was white, um, like a dead bride or something. And she would stand there with a flower and completely not move and if anyone donated money she would like lean down and give them a flower and then come back up to her position and so she talks in her ted talk about what that taught her about asking for help and asking for money as an artist and i i think it's really interesting and so i'm glad that she flushed that ted talk out into a book but i feel like it didn't need to be as long as it was okay. however i do think that so much of the stuff she talks about is really interesting so i want to revisit that book to just kind of rethink those thoughts because i haven't seen anything else i've looked and looked for books that are similar um and i don't really see anything out there there's a lot of books there's loads of books about like being an artist obviously and like what it's like to write a lot and what it's like to paint and blah 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 but i haven't seen many books that are about being an artist in the age of the internet and making right, a living yeah, from it. Interesting. And she was like the first musician on Kickstarter to surpass a million dollars on a Kickstarter. Um, and she's also one of the like biggest Patreon creators. Like she's done such a good job of being very open and vulnerable on the internet and been like, I want to make something. Can you guys help me fund it? And it's something that I think a lot about because as a person who is a creative online, um, 
it's really hard to fund this lifestyle (laughs) of being like, okay, I want to spend my entire Sunday making podcast episodes with Raylene. Uh, How do I get paid for that? Because it's like a big chunk of our time, right? Um, So uh, we have a Patreon and it's like, how do we run that best? How do I feel philosophically about all of that? So anyway, that book has made me think a lot over the years. And I definitely want to reread it uh, someday. And the other one I wanted to mention was Why I'm Not Going to Buy a Computer by Wendell Berry. So this is one of those tiny penguin books. You know, the like little teal. I know um, which ones you're talking about. Yeah, they're so pretty. This was a really interesting essay. And um, (laughs) it's just really funny. I forget when it was written. It was like written sometime in the 80s. You know, when like computers were starting Mm -hmm. to become a thing. And he, his reasons for not buying a computer are really interesting. Um, And I don't think, uh, I mean, a lot of them don't make sense anymore. um, If you know what I mean. Like you read his reasonings for not getting a computer and you're like, yeah, (laughs) 2020, I'm sure you have a computer now. But it's kind of irrelevant whether or not it makes sense or not, because at the time, it's it's more about thinking about how technology fundamentally changes human behavior and how it changes the way that we go through all these different processes. Um, like one of the things, the, the little book is really interesting because it also has this other little essay that is... Um, Wendell Berry responding to comments he got about that essay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but again, he wrote like that 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 responding part is also from the 80s, like just months after he he got that published somewhere in some article or something. Yeah. A lot of people responded and they're like, you should get a computer because of these reasons. Or it sounds like the only reason you don't want to get a computer is because you're a sexist. And he's just like, what are you people talking about? Like people, <laughs> But it was so interesting because it was almost like reading internet comments where yeah, people are just so cool. making, yeah, they're just making assumptions about him. So for example, one of the things he talks about in the essay is like, He doesn't want to use a computer because obviously when you're typing on a computer, it's way easier to fix your mistakes um, and to edit. Like all of that process is way easier. Um, But what he, because what he currently does is he handwrites it like on a piece of paper with a pencil or whatever. He gives it to his wife and his wife types it up. And so a lot of people are like, you're such a sexist. You you don't want a computer because you just have your wife do the work. (laughs) And he's like, okay, you clearly didn't read my essay because first of all, she happily does it like she yeah. isn't like a slave he, she <laughs> wants to help but secondly and the, the actual important part of that piece of information was that she made edits while oh. she she would change sentences she would give suggestions she would ask questions and be like an editor in the process and it's like i would lose my my wife as this amazing editor that makes my work so much better if i just type it all out on my own mm-hmm. um and i was like that's so interesting right like so, so anyway yeah that's so fascinating i really want to read more wendell berry ever since i read that i've wanted to read more of him and of course i haven't so maybe I should this year. Yep, that's another thing for you. <laughs> oh boy. I have too many of these things. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it. Forget right. about Wendell Berry. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next one comes from Betty, who says, Hi, I love audiobooks, but recently I've had bad experiences with audiobook narrators. I read a lot of American YA, and I find a lot of the narrators annoying and distracting. So I'd love some recommendations for audiobooks with really good narrators, or even just your favorite narrators, if you have any. It doesn't have to be YA, it can be any genre, and it doesn't have to be special audiobooks like Daisy Jones and the Six or Sadie. Just some well-narrated audiobooks. Mm -hmm. I love this one. Preach. This one is super fun. So I... 
I don't have any favorite narrators per se, but I have a couple that I've enjoyed in the past few years that I thought I would give shout outs. Um, yeah. So a few months ago, I read The Institute by Stephen King. And I listened yeah. to the audiobook for the entire thing. And it was narrated by Santino Fontana, who, if you haven't heard of him, he has done a couple of other audiobooks as well. He has done You and the sequel to You and then a couple oh, okay. of others. But he's more well known, at least in my circles, as the voice of Hans from Frozen. <laughs> so I really enjoyed... Pretty classy circle when you're walking <laughs> yeah. there, really. <laughs> so, I mean, he's great. I really love his voice, and I... I don't know why, but I just really love hearing the voice of someone that I know from something and hearing them somewhere yeah. else. It's just like mind blowing to me. So hearing, hearing uh, Hans, good old Hans, a cartoon character uh, reading about the <laughs> scary, scary situation in this book was very interesting. And he has a very good voice for it. So I can imagine him reading the book You by Caroline Kepnes would also be really interesting because he's kind of mm. got a scary voice almost when he wants to. Like he's, he's kind of spooky and his voice is really nice. And so it's kind of like, ah, he's, um, you know, he can spook you with his <laughs> nice but scary voice. So anyways, I really like I really like that. I've only listened to that one one book of his. But um Right. The other one I really like, and I'll have to look up who the narrator is. Um, the Cormoran Strike books by Robert Galbraith, otherwise known as J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah, I know. I'm going to recommend this just because the audiobooks <laughs> are so good. If you're looking yeah. for a really good um, narrator, I have li like I owned The Cuckoo's Calling for many years before I finally decided to read it, and it's because I got the audiobook for it, and I was like, oh, mm. this is going to be you know more fun. It's a very long book, so I may as well read the audiobook and the audiobook narrator who is i'm going to look up right now just does such a good job of doing like all the different accents because they take place in the uk oh, but yeah. there's like you know there will be scottish characters and all this stuff and right. he just does such a good job of doing all the different characters you always know who's talking and um so i really love that okay so the narrator who does the cormoran strike books is named robert glenister and I don't know what other books he's done other than this series, but I just, I cannot recommend his voice enough. So you can always just look him up and um, see if he's in anything else, if he's done any other audiobooks. I'm sure he has, but these books, he just does them so well. So I just had to recommend him. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, you actually gave audiobook narrators, which is obviously what we were supposed to do and I just didn't do. Um, what I've done is chosen an author who... It's, it's Neil Gaiman. I'm I, gonna I knew this it. was coming. <laughs> it's going to be Neil Gaiman. <laughs> stop edging around here. Um, so obviously he doesn't just read random books. He just reads his own books. He's not an audiobook narrator. Although I wonder if he ever has. I wouldn't be surprised in a way. Like I would happily just have Neil Gaiman read my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Neil Gaiman reads... Uh, I think he reads has read all of his books except for the ones that have full casts right and then even then he's often on the cast oh, cool. um so neil gaiman just has like the dreamiest voice of all time he has this deep english accent that when you listen to it transports you to a different world <laughs> um when i started listening to audiobooks I didn't really, I don't know. I, I actually, I didn't really know how audiobooks worked. Like I, I knew about them. Mm -hmm. I'd heard other people mention them. And the first one I ever saw at a store was Coraline by Neil Gaiman, oh, yeah. the CDs. <laughs> it was at Chapters and it was pretty cheap. It was like 
I remember it was like $15 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I will try this. So I literally bought, <laughs> I bought, this is like old school guys. I bought the CDs. I brought them home to a laptop that my old laptop, cause it had a disc drive. I loaded them all on to iTunes. And then I put it, I think on my iPod. <laughs> I used to do that with library audiobooks too. So like, I feel yeah, like I've been there. Yeah, old school technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's how I listened. And that was my first ever audiobook that I ever listened to. Like, I think I remember my parents had Lord of the Rings on cassettes and stuff, but mm-hmm. I never like listened to that full way through or anything. Um, so that was my first ever audiobook. So after that, I loved it so much. I was like, I'll just listen to another Neil Gaiman one because that was great. And then literally the first like 10... <laughs> Or like at least five audio, yeah, probably more like five audiobooks that I listened to were all just Neil Gaiman books. Huh. Um, because I basically I was like, yeah, it's like a musician. You find one you like, and then you just listen to their audiobooks all of the time. Um, <laughs> so for me, he was very much the introduction to audiobooks. I like love listening to his audiobooks. Um, yeah, so top recommendation very cool <sighs> the rest of the audiobooks i listen to are just by random authors or or narrators and i haven't found like any sort of thing that strings them together right but let's go on to our last one all right okay. so this one is from morgan she says hi ariel and raylene i would like to know if there are any books on your radars that you're looking forward to they can be new releases or books you're just in the mood to read or even mashed potato books Love the podcast. Best wishes from Morgan, England. Cool. Um, So I liked this one just because it kind of gave us an opportunity to talk about any old book. Mm -hmm. What did you pick? I've got two really random books um, that I just have come across. They both came out last year. Well, one Mm -hmm. of them came out in 2017, but that was in Korea. And then it came out here in 2020. Mm. Um, It's called Almond by Won Pyeon Son. Translated by Jusun Lee. I've heard really good things. You've heard of it. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you'd have heard of it. Um, And I'm so happy my library has it. So I'm really excited to um, get my hands on that because it just sounds like my kind of book. I've been wanting to read more coming of age stories. And like I mentioned in, I guess, our last episode, I want to read more Asian translated fiction. So I'm really excited about this one. I'll just read a little bit of the synopsis. Um, Young Jae was born with a brain condition called Alec. I'm probably saying that wrong. That makes it hard for him to feel emotions like fear or anger. He does not have friends. The two almond-shaped neurons located deep in his brain have seen to that, but his devoted mother and grandmother aren't phased by his condition. Their little home above his mother's used bookstore, oh my god, yes, is decorated with colorful (laughs) post-it notes that remind him when to smile, when to say thank you, and when to laugh. Yoon Jae grows up content, even happy, with his small family in this quiet, peaceful space. Then on Christmas Eve, his 16th birthday everything changes a shocking act of of random violence shatters his world leaving him alone and on his own those are the same thing struggling to cope with his loss yun jay retreats into silent isolation until troubled teenager gone arrives at his school and begins to bully him oh like that's just the beginning is so it's it sounds like a really (laughs) emotional story that's like it does all over the place it's gonna hit like honestly i'm kind of getting misty-eyed just thinking about it it's like (laughs) oh my god um i love a good like tight family unit i love a main character that's a little you know different and off the beaten track you know just uh gives you a different perspective on the world you know so yeah i'm really excited to read this book i actually should make sure I have it on hold at the library because I want to read it soon, I think. I want to read it real soon. Um, and the second one is 
totally random, but one that I just came across when I was browsing through Indigo a little while ago, and it's called The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the 2000s, An hmm. Oral History by Andy Green. Um, so I don't know who Andy Green is and how he's related to The Office. He might just be a random journalist. I'm not too sure. I haven't looked into it. <laughs> but it's it's just all about the show The Office, the American one, obviously, which is the only one I've seen. I never got into the UK office, but mm. the uh, American one is one of my favorite shows of all time. So like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I yeah, love... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's I like love the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> if anybody knows any other books that are kind of like this, obviously it's specific to my taste. So I love The Princess Bride. I love The Office. So therefore these books obviously appeal to me. Um, but this is one that I haven't been able to find. I don't think my library has this one. So I'm kind of just like, mm. I want to read this book, but I don't know how. So yeah, it'll be tricky. Those are my two really random books that I'm excited about right now. <laughs> I love that. I Like I said, I've heard really good things about Almond. Actually, mm -hmm. one of my friends, um, Monica, was telling me all about oh, yeah. it because I was telling her, what book was I? I forget what book I was talking to her about. And she recommended me Kim Ji Young and right. Almond. Ah. And she was like, you should read this book. It's really good. And she was telling me a really interesting thing or I was reading about something about how in South Korea it was published as a... Um, as like a middle grade YA book, oh, but here it's published more as literary fiction because oh. the depictions of racism aren't like explicitly like, you know, somebody not being like, oh, right. that was bad. That was yeah. racism. Oh, so they're like, oh, well, kids won't know about that here, which I think is so sad. Like, I feel like we dumb things down for children so much. Totally. Like kids can tell when things are racist. Don't worry. We know I it's bad. I hope so. <laughs> um, also, my, my library does have the office book. I put it on hold. Oh my God. Great news. It's going to happen for me. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So Monica said really good things about that book. Um, so I, I definitely am interested to hear what you think when, mm -hmm. or if you ever read it. Um, I'm sure I will. Well, the two books that I have picked out are random what else can i say the first one is the remarkable journey of coyote sunrise by dan gemenhart gemenhart i'm not sure have you heard of this one no i don't think so <laughs> so the reason i haven't bought it yet is because it's middle grade um and as we've talked about before i just don't really read middle grade it's nothing no. against it it's just that i don't really i don't know i just don't read middle grade very much but when I was looking for books that were like the movie Captain Fantastic, oh. this one came up. Cool. Um, so the, 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 the book cover is a girl sitting on a bus with a cat on a school bus. And cool. um, this, is the, this is the synopsis. Five years. That's how long Coyote and her dad, Rodeo, have lived on the road in an old school bus crisscrossing the nation. It's also how long ago Coyote lost her mom and two sisters in a car crash. Coyote hasn't been home in all that time, but when she learns that the park in her old neighborhood is being demolished, the very same park where she, her mom, and her sister is buried a treasured memory box, she devises an elaborate plan to get her dad to drive 3,600 miles back to Washington State in four days without him realizing it. Along the way, they'll pick up a strange crew of misfit travelers. Um, and Coyote will learn that going home can sometimes be the hardest journey of all. Damn. Doesn't it sound beautiful? <laughs> it does sound beautiful. I just looked it up. The cover is so cute. Yeah, it is. So um, I'm really interested in that one. I need to just bite the bullet and get it, even though it's middle grade, because I think I'll probably really enjoy it. It sounds um, And cute. it'll be cool to read something in 
for an age range that I don't really often read. The mm-hmm. other one I wanted to talk about, so I had that one ready, but then I, <laughs> I just pulled this one up because earlier today we did our live show for our patrons mm-hmm. and one of them said that they were reading this book and that they thought it was an aerial book and I looked it up and I'm like, I want to buy and read this book. So I thought I'd <laughs> shout it out. And I'm very sorry. I didn't at the moment take down the name of the person who was reading or recommended this, but the book is We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. The book came out March 3rd of 2020. So it's fairly new. Oh, okay. um, but like I, I, I've already read this to you, Raylene, but hear me out again. Yep. Set in the coastal town of Danvers, Massachusetts, which in 1692 was Salem Village, it follows the Danvers High Field hockey team as they discover that the dark impulses of their Salem forebears may be the key to a winning season. Um, so so it sounds really cool set in the eighties. It just, I don't know. Sports books is apparently something I like. (laughs) Um, I think it sounds really cool. Like I'd really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I love discovering random new books. This is a good time. This is a great time. Wow. We made it. We got there. We did it. So, um, (laughs) that was a fun episode. I'm glad we got to talk about Stardew Valley as much as we did. We, um, I need more excuses to talk about Stardew on the podcast, honestly, so I, I just love it so much. It's something I'm obsessed with, and I, as are you. We love it. We love it. <clears throat> so that was a really good time. Yeah, we're off to go record our Books on Bucket mini episode for the week. This week, it uh, our request is another one from Discord. Like I said before, we've just gotten lazy. Um, <laughs> but we have those good suggestions in there. One for last week was hilarious. So I highly recommend going and checking that out if you haven't already. But this one comes from Kira, who says, what is a random obscure picture book you remember loving as a child? In other words, a picture book that you love, but most people seem to never have heard of. I don't know if mine mm. is one that I've, people have never heard of, but I'll talk about, I'll talk about that in the episode. So yeah. We're off to go record that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to CJ of northernsoundhouse.ca for editing this podcast. Thank you, Ariel, for being here with me today. I sound like a TV news reporter or something, and I um, don't hate it. And good night. (laughs) Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.